Now, I wonder whether you've ever been on an adventure that's kind of got a little bigger than you at first expected. I remember many years ago, I decided that I was going to climb Mount Kenya. Now, Mount Kenya is kind of a fairly large mountain, and I knew it was pretty big. And uh, I set off with two friends climbing this mountain with backpacks filled with everything that we needed. I had tents and cooking stuff, and we set off and climbed up this mountain. In fact, we got a truck halfway there and then started climbing because it's that big. But uh, it, was a, it was about day three. Day three, 3,000 meters in the air. There's a nice picture of it. 3,000 meters up, which is three times the height of any mountain in the UK. That's three times any mountain in the UK. The oxygen becomes to get a little bit thinner, and you start to do silly things, like forget to read the map properly. Anyway, off we go, day three, halfway kind of like, we see this kind of bit in front of us, and we're like, that must be the top. That must be the top. And so we kind of marched on really quick up to this point, and when we got to that point, we realized that it wasn't the top, and the mountain stretched way, 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 way up above us. So we kept going, kept going, and kept going. We got to another bit, and we thought, this must be the top. We're so excited. And it wasn't. And we went on and further, and it, it kind, of went, kind of went on all day. And then we got to this point, and we climbed over this kind of rocky ledge to find a portaloo on the top up on the middle of this mountain, in the middle of nowhere, Mount Kenya, there's a portaloo about 50 meters from the top of it. It's amazing. But it was far, far bigger. The point is, it was far, far bigger than I first expected. It's 4,000 meters high, which is four times anything in the UK. It is huge. And it took us all our effort for five days to get up it and down it. And that included a taxi there and back in a, in a four by four. Otherwise, we would never make it in, in two weeks. It's huge. It was far bigger than I ever expected. But it is an adventure well worth going on. Our passage today, we've heard of a, a two stories. We've had two stories of Jesus calling disciples, saying, come and see. Come and find out who I am. He's inviting them on an adventure of their lifetime, a far bigger, a far more important adventure than they could ever imagine when Jesus turned to them on that day and said, come and see. Far more amazing, far more scary, far more risky than they could ever have foreseen. An adventure that would change the world. So our first two disciples, they start following Jesus because John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God. And so they go, oh, we're going to follow him. And they go, oh, Rabbi, Rabbi. And I don't know whether they did it like that or not, but anyway, I like to think they did. And Rabbi basically means teacher. It basically means teacher. And knowing that John, the, the kind of the guy that they were following, really respected their, this guy, Jesus, and called him this kind of special title, Lamb of God, they leave John and they start following Jesus. And, and Jesus sees them and, and says, what does he say? He says, what do you want? 
What are you looking for? No, it's not a what. It's, a, it's, it's not a who, it's a, it's a what. He, he kind of knows, I think, that, that these two disciples, like the rest of humanity, perhaps like you and me, are seeking that thing, that one thing that's going to kind of fulfill our lives, that's going to satisfy, that's truly going to kind of bring life together in a way that just makes everything just that, hit that sweet spot. You know that sweet spot when life is just, just so? You see that after that, and Jesus knows that that's what they're after, so he goes, what are you looking for? Well, that what they will find out in due course isn't a what, it's actually a who, and it's Jesus himself who they are chatting with. And he says, come and see. Come and see. Discover for yourselves. Now, we're, we're privileged tonight because Danny's going to come up and join me. And she's going to share a little bit of her story. Um, Danny, do you want to stand? Yeah, grab that one. Good catch. Here you go. What is your story about finding Jesus and following him? Well, here's mine. I didn't grow up in a Christian household, and I didn't know much about him, but I always heard about him around Christmas and Easter. Well, when I started year four, I started a youth group here on Thursdays. About half an hour or so before parents would pick us up, um, we would have like Bible time with everyone, and I would engage with it as much as I could. But I found it a little bit boring. Um, as I didn't know anything, and I was like, what has this really got to do? I only came here to make friends. Um, but then I went into year seven, and I met Zoe. Um, and she kept encouraging me to stay for the later sessions where we would go deeper into God and actually find out who he is and like why we're actually here. And to be honest, I'm glad she did. Um, in summer 2018, we went to something called Soul Survivor, which is a Christian festival like youth groups. Um, it's no longer happening, but here's a short clip of what we did.
Um, so in one of the evening sessions, there was a moment where we could stand up and they would be like, would you want to follow Jesus? And I was like, you know what? I know a bit more about him. I was like, I might as well do it. Everyone encouraged me to. I was like, do it. Like, it will be fine. So I stood up. I was like, yes, Jesus, I want more from you. I want to do, have a deeper relationship with you. Ever since, I've just loved every moment. Um, and to this day, I still learn something interesting, which makes me stay following him. Um, the more I learned about him, the cooler he sounded um, to the point. I went to my youth leader and I was like, do you think I could get baptized one day um, to publicly say I want to follow him? Um, so in October 2020, I got baptized and gave my life to Jesus. Um, and I know he's always there and that he loves me. Now I feel more peace and love in my life. Thank you, Danny. You see, Danny's story is a bit like our disciples' story. You see, Danny started following Jesus. And the more she learned about Jesus, the more she realized there was to learn about Jesus. The more she heard about Jesus, the more you fell in love with Jesus. The more you realized how amazing he is and what he's done for you, right? And so you said, quite publicly, I remember it. I think I said, did I baptize you? I did. I did. And it was over there, wasn't it? And you got very, and it was freezing cold because we didn't have the hot water. It was freezing cold water. Um, she came out as an ice block, but she came out as an ice block who loved Jesus and said, this is who I am following because I know he is the only one who can save me. He is the only one who can transform my life. He is the only one who makes a true difference to my life right here, right now. You see, and the disciples in this story that we just heard read, they, they start following Jesus, calling him rabbi, but what do they do after an afternoon tea with him? They call him Messiah. Now, Messiah wasn't just any person. He was God's anointed king who was going to come to the earth to save the world, to save Israel from her enemies and bring hope and freedom to her. This Messiah was God's special king. And they've just had afternoon tea with Jesus, and they've kind of gone from rabbi to Messiah, so much so that Andrew goes, I need to find my brother and tell him all about this Jesus who is the Messiah. And so he runs off and gets Simon and comes back and gets renamed. It's an amazing, amazing moment. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more our lives are transformed. And that's happening today, isn't it, Danny? Your testament, you're a testimony to that. And so these guys who just got baptized tonight, they've publicly said that actually the more I get to know Jesus, the more I fall in love with Jesus, the more I know how much he has changed my life. Thank you, Danny. You can grab a seat. And Israel had been waiting quite a long time for this Messiah. They'd been waiting a long time for this, this one that God would send who would, who would save Israel, who would fulfill the old promise that God had made to Abraham all those years ago, and we'll find out a bit more of that in our second story. You see, in our second story, Jesus uh, meets a guy called Nathaniel, and we're not going to go through all the names. I've, um, 
if we go on to the next slide, there's, there's seven different names that Jesus gets called in this short passage, and they're there on the screen. And if you want to hear more about what each, each kind of phrase means, then Lydia did a sermon at 9.30, and you'll be able to download that shortly and listen to that. But we're going to focus on the, on the number seven, which is the one that Jesus himself refers to himself as, the Son of Man. You see, Jesus is a rabbi, yes. He's a messiah, yes. He's also son of man. You see, when he meets Nathanael, he tells him, he says to him in verse 51, he says, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Now, Jesus, in that uh, kind of response, is referring to a dream that Jacob had way back In Genesis 28, 28 verse 12, if you want to check it out yourselves. And Jacob dreams this. He dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Sounds familiar, right? Then God stands next to him and gives him this reminder of the covenant, of the promise that he made to Abraham. He says this, I will give you and your offspring and your offspring, I will give to you, I will give to you your, your, and your offspring. Uh, your offspring shall be like dust of the earth. I've totally rid, messed that line up in my script. Anyway, you will have many, many children, and they'll be like the dust of the earth. It's, it's a paraphrase. All the families on earth shall be blessed through you. That God himself will be with you wherever you go. And he will bring you and your family back to this land. And God will not leave you until his promise to his people has been fulfilled. When Jacob awakes from his dream, he says, how awesome is this place? This place, this place is none other than the the kind of the, the doorway to heaven where heaven is opened. So what is Jesus really talking about when he's talking about this dream that Jacob had all those years ago now? What does it really mean? Well, Jesus is telling us what he has come to do and what he is all about. He is saying that that dream is fulfilled here with me right now. I am the one who will fulfill the promise that God gave to Abraham. I am the one through whom heaven is open to earth. I am the one through whom God's blessing will go to all people. I am the one through whom his kingdom will be established here on earth, where God's people will be able to freely worship him under his rule and reign. I am the one who will complete all things just as God promised to Abraham, just as God has promised to Jacob. That is what this Jesus Messiah is all about. This is what he has come to do. But, and there's always a but, there's always a but. It's not going to happen quite the way people expected it to happen. This Messiah is not going to do things the way perhaps most Jews at that time thought the Messiah would come and do things. 
And I like to think that Nathaniel had a kind of inkling about this, because, you know, what, what does he say when he, he hears about this Jesus? He says, Nazareth? Nazareth? Could anything good come from Nazareth? You see, this Messiah isn't going to be the expected one. He's going to be different. He's going to do things difficult, differently. This wasn't going to be your typical discipleship journey. Yes, all peoples would be blessed through him. Yes, he was going to establish God's kingdom. Yes, he was going to complete all things. Yes, he was going to bring all people around the world so even us today can stand before him and worship him freely. Yes, 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 he's going to do all that. But not in the way they expected him to. And that's where we get to this son of man phrase. See, in Daniel 7, this phrase, son of man, comes up, and we're told that the son of man is a, is a human being who will come with kind of power and authority from heaven, who will be dressed in the glory of heaven, and he will fight and defeat the powers of this world. But in doing so, he would suffer. And that is why Jesus, I think, uses this phrase to describe himself more often than not. It is the reason why John the Baptist says, look, here is the Lamb of God, the one who would suffer in our place for the, world, for the world's sake, for your and my sake. And if it was as we expected all the time, wouldn't that just be boring? Wouldn't that be boring? I'd find it boring. You, you might, might not. You might love it. Anyway, Jesus comes, and he comes to suffer so that we may be free from the powers of this world, that we may have eternal life with him, that we may be brought into his kingdom where we have freedom and life to the full. And this evening, we've witnessed it here, haven't we, of four guys saying, yes, this is the guy I want to follow. I've came and I've found Jesus, or perhaps we should say Jesus has found me, because that's kind of more accurate. Jesus has found us, and he says, come and see. And the more we follow Jesus, the more we engage with Jesus, the more we spend time with Jesus, the more we realize who he is. The more we realize what Messiah means, what rabbi means, what son of God means, what all these other phrases means, and how that transforms our lives from the inside out. I went on a five-day hike up Mount Kenya, and it was much, much bigger than I ever anticipated. My legs hurt more than they've ever hurt in their lives, but it was an adventure worth doing. I've been following Jesus for, I don't know, 28 years or something like that, and I'm nowhere near the summit. I'm nowhere near the summit but is it, is it the best adventure I've ever been on? Heck yeah. And I hope if you follow Jesus, that you know that it is the most amazing journey you could ever go on. And it just keeps on getting better. Shall we stand together and pray? Shall we ask for Jesus to reveal himself afresh? The Jesus who says, come see.